Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. All right. Hi, Katie. Hey, Missa. Are you ready to record part yes, two? Yes, let's keep talking tarot. So we planned one episode of tarot, and then it kind of got out of hand, and we realized that we needed to break it up because we don't want to put out two hour long episodes <laughs> for you all. Um, on the episode that you heard two weeks ago, um, we talked a lot about like the history of tarot and the deck and the, sim- the symbology and the meanings. Um, but we really wanted to talk to you all about um, reading tarot and, and what it's like to start to read. Um, so, you know, we, we told you how to pick your deck and the different options for you. Um, so now we kind of want to talk about, um, you know, how to actually sit and start reading um, so I think we first wanted to talk about the guidebooks that we use. Right when we started the the podcast Instagram, I posted pictures of our guidebooks. But I use um, the Modern Witchcraft Book of Tarot, um, which is the little yellow. There's a lot of Modern Witchcraft books, and they kind of look like um, like mass-produced kind of cheesy witch books not really written by witches but a lot they actually most of them are written by um you know like long-term astrologers or whatever um and actually the book I find really helpful um so yeah that's the the modern witchcraft book of tarot and then I also occasionally use tarot made easy um which is when I first got my book my my cards read um the the reader was using that book and there's kind of goes, there's so many different options. So it's like, if you're reading about money, if you're reading about um, love, friendship, sex, um, I mean, it just has so many different options of like, depending on what you're reading about to help you kind of get a sense of what the card could mean in any of those situations. And so I found that kind of helpful as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm going to talk about this more when we talk about intuitive tarot, but I'm trying to move away from my handbooks, but the ones that like, literally the way I learned is that I was like, okay, none of this really makes sense to me except for like the pentacles and maybe the sword. So I'm just going to like take it suit by suit. And literally what I did is I had all of these like tarot resources. So I like took the pentacles and I looked through them and then I read through just the pentacle sections of all of these books. And then it had, I did that for the swords and then I did that for the cups and then I did that for the wands and then I did that for the major arcana. So these can be really useful resources for teaching yourself, but I'll get to it later, but you can move beyond that. But yeah, what I use, um, I really like, like I said, the Fountain Tarot Guidebook's really good. We've talked about Gabriella Herstick's book, uh, How to Be a Modern Witch or Craft. Um, her tarot section, I feel like her tarot section is actually a little advanced. Um, I didn't fully understand it until I'd been reading for a little while. Um, but she does have a pretty good tarot section. Uh, Rachel Pollock's actually a really famous uh, tarot expert who's written a million books. I just have her book, The New Tarot Handbook, um, that I have found to be pretty helpful. It's kind of just a really basic bit of knowledge, and it's not too hefty of a book. And then one book that I really love and I actually want to dive in more with is Modern Tarot by Michelle T. And she actually writes like, five to 10 pages about each card. And it's a really in-depth look at each card. And then at the end of 
her talking about each card, she actually has a meditation or a potion to make or a spell to do or a tarot drawing to use to work with the card. It's actually a, a really cool book if you're interested in that kind of thing. Yeah. I Tarot guidebooks are one of the things that I try really hard not to buy, <laughs> especially now that I've been reading for almost two years. And I'm like, I probably don't need another guidebook. Um, but there, again, there's so many out there and there's your reading will evolve over time. Um, again, Katie, you've already talked about how you're not necessarily using guidebooks as much anymore. Um, but if, again, guidebooks are expensive. If you don't have them at your local library, if you need access to them, there's also a lot of great ways to learn online. We talked earlier about the app. Um, you can look on Instagram. Again, we've been posting interpretations of them on our Instagram page. We're going to continue with the Minor Arcana. But also, and honestly, this is one of the ways I learned how to read. Uh, I learned on Pinterest. There's all kinds of like cheat sheets and references on Pinterest. Um, if I can figure out how to get them from Pinterest to Instagram, I'll see if I can post some. But y'all, I'm not that technologically advanced. And there's all kinds of resources online. Mm -hmm. Um, Biddy Tarot is one that has great, like, resources. Um, Labyrinthos, I think, that might be the app, but it also might be a website. So that's another really good one. Um, so there are a lot of free options out there. We don't want you to go and have to spend $300 to learn how to become a tarot reader. Um, again, kind of going along with the intuitive method, um, one of the best ways that I've learned and really that I've heard everyone kind of recommend um, on how to read is to pull a, a daily card. So, you know, one, I use two, but like just one card a day maybe to see how your day is going to go. Um, and then sitting with that card and seeing not only what the meaning of it is, but also checking maybe back in at the end of the night and seeing like, okay, well, I pulled the four of cups this morning, this is how my day went. How did that relate back to the, the interpretation of the four of cups and how does that change my interpretation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I personally am a mess in the morning. It's very hard for me to get up on time, let alone pull a tarot card at the same time. So um, what I actually do or how I learned is at the end of the day, I, um, you know, I sat, I checked in, which this isn't something we've talked about, but part of, um, there's kind of this methodology where like you, you know, put out your intention, you ask a question and then you shuffle and you draw the card. So what I would do is I would ask, okay, what is the lesson I need to take away from today? And then I would, um, yeah, and then I would draw a card and then I do a little bit of journaling about, okay, so how does this apply to my day and what do I need to take away from this and it's a really effective way to learn the cards and I'm actually at the point where I'm trying to learn runes and I'm doing the same thing with runes I'm drawing a rune and being like right now I'm not really putting in any interpretation on them just being like okay I drew this rune what is the meaning of this rune okay it means this and I don't really put it any further than that and that could be what you do when you're first learning tarot, you don't necessarily have to apply it to your life. You could just be like, okay, so this is the moon card. What the hell does the moon card mean? So. Yeah. So again, just, um, so again, the way that I do it is I, I'm like, Katie, I'm a mess in the morning. Um, but so I'll pull cards before bed and look at, you know, like, so I do two cards. I do, what is my challenge for tomorrow and how do I achieve my goal? 
Um, so if you ever, if you follow my personal Instagram, um, you'll see a lot of times I'm doing, um, posting two cards in the morning. I've pulled those the night before, but those are what those two cards are. Um, and then that kind of will give me my guide and I'll take a picture of it. So that way, sometimes I can check in, um, during the day and be like, okay, wait, what did I say? Like, what did, what were the cards? Um, and I also, I journal about it, what I think it's going to be. And then I might check in the night, the next night before I pull the next two cards. Okay. How did my day go based off of what I had journaled last night? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that's a really basic way. I think that's a way that everybody recommends learning the deck. Yeah. Um, that's just a really good starter point. And you can evolve it. Like now I use um, the, the really specific, uh, trauma in the tarot spread that Lindsay Mack teaches every night to kind of anchor and also because it's just a good general deck like it's just a really simple three card reading that you can do any day um but yeah Yeah. I mean there's there's... all kinds of different spreads so that's kind of the first one and one of the things that you're going to get we talked about guidebooks earlier um one of those things that a lot of those guidebooks will have other than just the meanings of the cards are your different spreads um Probably mm-hmm. the most famous um, is the Celtic cross mm-hmm. uh, spread in w- that I have never used and I have no feelings for at all. It's just not something that resonates with me. You know, I actually really like it. I do it when I want to do like a big kick-ass tarot reading for myself. Uh, it makes a lot of sense with me. It's pretty linear, um, but I mean, to each their own. I know a lot of, some people don't like it. Other people, that's all they ever do. Um, I've gotten two tarot readings and both one, both times I got them, um, both readers did the Celtic cross for me. So I really think it's just whatever you want, but you should use whatever tarot reading makes the most sense to you. Um, I know that uh, the book I recommended earlier, the new tarot handbook, handbook by Rachel Pollock, one of the reasons why I really love that book is because she has so many spreads. She has a spread for every major arcana deck. She has a spread for each um, suit. She has a card for the court card. She has like 20 additional um, spreads at the end. It's like, she does so many spreads in that book and it's really lovely. Yeah. Um, So again, you'll, you'll find all kinds. There's usually like a, a birthday or a horoscope spread um, I like to do those for myself every year and then check in, you know, throughout the, the coming year and be like, okay, well, what, what, what was it? Some, some people will do it different too. So some people do, um, one card per month and then some people will have, you know, 12 or 13 different aspects of the year that they're going to check in with. Um, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of spreads. You do not have to buy guidebooks to find those spreads. Again, I'm, I repeating myself over and over again, but I love finding spreads on Instagram. Um, Katie, you and I had been talking um, a couple of months ago, probably. And I had said, you know, I was going to do a, like a new moon or a full moon spread. And you're like, oh, which one? And I was like, oh, I haven't decided yet. Whatever one looks good on Instagram tonight. (laughs) So there's a couple of tarot readers that I follow, like Bay Tarot and Ethany, I mentioned in the last episode, or maybe it was this one, um, that... So I follow them on Instagram and they'll post spreads for different moon cycles um, or, you know, different things to check in throughout the year. And I really like to follow their spreads. I find them super helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of, yeah. And I know Lindsay Mack, she's been putting out tarot spreads, I think for any big astrological event lately. Um, 
Yeah. And it, it is a really good free resource and it's also kind of fun, you know, it gives you something specific to what you want to be doing during that time. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there are a lot of free resources for tarot if you look for them. Yeah, so, and you might not start with spreads again. You might start with the one card pull, um, but that might be, you know, your next step. Once you've gotten more used to the one card pulls, um, you could do a spread. And if you have to sit with your spread and your guidebook and go over each card, um, you know, that that's like a good way to start. That's the way I started. And I still do that sometimes. I'm really, again, almost two years in, just kind of getting to a point where I'm putting all the cards together. So it's not like, okay, here's six cards. Each card means one thing in this one aspect. It's like, okay, how do I read all of these kind of like a book or uh, a picture where I'm, I'm, you know, again, seeing the bigger picture, seeing how all these cards relate to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that is a part of reading cards is that, you know, there are so many, meanings that you can associate with each card the card that really makes sense to you at any given moment or the meaning that can make sense to you at any given moment really depends on the context that you read it in and which other cards that you draw at the same time um it, it really just depends on the situation yeah so again like one of the cards i read i pulled for myself recently was the three of swords, which is kind of like the heartbreak card. It's usually, I mean, most of the time it's a picture of a heart with three swords through it. It's one of the more well-known cards. So I got that one. And, you know, again, it's kind of like, Oh no, the heartbreak card, but I got it in the position of like, how do I achieve my goal? And so it's like, well, how does heartbreak help me achieve my goal? And so it might've been different than, you know, a, a had I gotten it in a different position or I got it along with the three of swords or no, maybe it was the three of wands. <laughs> no, it was the three of swords. Um, so I got it along with the three of wands. And so seeing those two cards together helped me come to an interpretation that would have been different if I just pulled the three of hearts by itself or sorry, the, the three of mm -hmm. swords. Ah. Yeah. And on that other end, I mean, it really just depends on how you interpret it. But I always interpret the Three of Swords more with um, healing and healing kind of the heart space and heartbreak. And so maybe that's what's, what it's saying. It's saying that you it, achieve your success by, you know, healing yourself a bit or, um, yeah. So that's the other thing about tarot. If you get too deep into it, like, I gave one of my friends a tarot deck for her birthday a month or so ago. And she like, we started talking about it and someone was like, Ooh, I want you to do a tarot reading for me right now. It's like, I don't think you want me to do a tarot reading for you in the middle of a party because really good tarot is like therapy. And I don't think you want me to pull out all your dirty laundry. Right <laughs> yes. Now. Um, um, and we haven't talked about that yet. Maybe we'll talk about it more toward the end of the episode of like, you know, the reading that you want isn't necessarily the one that you're going to get. Um, so mm -hmm. in addition to, uh, you know, how to, to actually, you know, pull the cards and pull spreads. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was um, kind of your preparation for pulling. Um, so a lot of tarot readers, and you might not start with this. I didn't start with this. It's something I've added to my practice recently is starting with maybe a, a blessing or an invocation. Um, so like calling to your, your guides, to spirits, to gods, 
um, ancestors, whomever, um, and asking for their guidance or their wisdom um, or even their protection while you're reading. Um, so that might be something that you mm -hmm. start out with. Mm -hmm. or, or even just taking a deep breath and getting mindful and intentional and kind of getting your brain into a meditative space. So even just like kind of clearing your mind a little bit, that could work too. Yeah. And if you need help, um, there's all kinds of like, like teas and herbs and things that you can use. Um, mugwort, that's good for mm -hmm. kind of connecting to. Yeah. Mugwort. Yeah, mugwort's good for an intuition, and you can burn that like sage or, or as an incense. You can also make tea out of it. Um, yeah, and then I mean, Katie and I live in Colorado and California, and so marijuana is legal here. There are some people that will tell you never to read on substances that it clouds your judgment, clouds your vision, um, and then there are some that are going to tell you I can't read without it, like it it connects me, transcends me, um, and, you know, puts me on a more divine, divine level. So, um, but that might be something to experiment with as well, if it's legal and you're doing it safely and all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then, <laughs> and then Miss, how do you shuffle? Cause this is something that I just started doing casino shuffling because I didn't know any better. And apparently that's not how most people shuffle their tarot decks. But I mean, now that I do it, it like, it makes sense to me. Cause like how else are the cards randomized enough to be giving me a, you know, true reading, but um, yeah. So when you say a casino shuffle, are you talking about um, like cascading, like the riffle shuffle where you like have two sides? Yeah. Like and the you riffle shuffle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's how I shuffle like a poker, or like yes. a poker dealer does in a casino. So, um, yeah. so I actually do a combo. So I do like the overhand shuffle or whatever, where I'm like taking cards, like out. I don't know how to describe it on a podcast, um, but kind of a again like the overhand where you're like pulling some cards out and then putting them back different places in the deck. I don't know if there's like a good terminology mm -hmm. for that. Um, which I've seen other tarot like readers do. So I usually start with that. And that's how I'm like calling my guides in um, while I'm doing that. And then I will usually do like the poker shuffle. Yeah. Um, Cause mm -hmm. that's, I didn't know any other way to do it. Although I do have um, my luminous void tarot deck is too large to, to I still have trouble shuffling that deck. Yeah, it can be hard, especially because some of the decks are, like, huge. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, shuffling, shuffle them how, how, you know, the way that feels right to you. Um, one of the things I do as well when I shuffle, um, this is kind of going to get to our next point, is um, I, so also one of the big things that people tell you to do is to cut the deck um, before you pull. So you do all the shuffle, and then you'll you'll cut the deck, pull the top half to the bottom, I, when I cut the deck to do the poker shuffle, I make sure that the cards are facing the same direction because I do not read reversals. <laughs> um, I read reversals, but I also didn't realize that the thing that that is the thing you should do to prevent reversals. And 
I've just decided to live with it. Yeah. Reversals are a part of my life. Um, That's fine. And there are different schools that will say you have to read reversals. I'm of the school that you should get to know the, you know, the upright in, uh, interpretation mm-hmm. of a card first. And when I first started mm-hmm. reading, I thought, well, I, I have to read reversals. If the card shows up reversed, then I have to read it reversed. And I'm still like that. If a card falls out and it's reversed, I'm going to look up the reversal meaning. But other than that, I I don't pull reverse cards. I only pull upright cards. Um, and I only read upright read- readings. And I might, I'll probably add reversals into my practice at some point when I'm more comfortable with the uprights. But at this point, it's it was just too much for me to to learn it all. So I, I only read upright. Um, there are professional tarot readers that only read upright. So, you know, keep that in mind. And then also with mm-hmm. reversals and Katie, I'll, you know, have you chime in on this because you do read them. Um, a lot of people think that a reversal is the opposite meaning, but that's not necessarily true. It just means mm-hmm. a lot of times it can mean that the meaning is blocked that, you know, maybe there's something in the way of that. Uh, and you might even read I've, I've read some guidebooks where instead of having the reversal it says blocked um so it'll be like I think my bad bitches guidebook has that it's like it's got different meanings for you know money sex work or whatever and then it's got a blocked meaning which is the the reversal yeah well and to me so I do read reversals and you know there are a lot of guidebooks and that have reversals in them and talk about reversals and what they mean I think the best way and the most simple way to understand reversals as a whole is to just see it as like not blocked, but like you're resisting it or like there's some form of resistance there. A good example is like you pull the death card and it's reversed. It's not saying like, oh, you're coming to life or sometimes it can mean this is a period of death that you've been going through and it's starting to end that's what the reversal can mean but it can also mean like you're going through a death period and you're in fucking denial just deal with it and i and uh sometimes there are some cards that have dual meanings like i believe the seven of swords or not the seven of swords the seven of wands it can it has like a different meanings depending on context and one meaning is that um, you're strong and you're confident and you're defending your position and you're fighting for what you've achieved. Um, and then another one is like, you are crazy and delusional and those wands that are coming at you are all in your head and you need to calm the fuck down. And usually for cards like that, that can have multiple meanings, one that's more negative, one that's more positive. If I get the reversal of that card, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm it, I, this is the negative meaning associated with that card. Um, so there's a like just like there's a bunch of different meanings for upright cards. There's a bunch of different meanings meanings for reversed cards. Um, I usually just try to feel it out based on the situation. But I actually, you know, I try. I've tried just ignoring reversed cards now that I know what they are, and they're they actually bring so much nuance and wisdom to a tarot reading that I actually really enjoy having them in my readings. Yeah, and again, I'll. I'll- probably be adding them to my readings in the future um I'm just not at a point yet with the upright cards that I would feel comfortable I'm still like checking in the guidebooks all the time and and making sure that you know I'm not completely associating it with something different um 
And so I think once I'm more comfortable with the upright, I'm going to add reversals, but I wanted, you know, to let everyone know that if you're not comfortable reading reversals right away, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely an option just to not read them. Or, I mean, again, if I pull a reversal, I'll probably read it reverse. What I try not to pull reversals, it doesn't usually happen unless something, you know, a card falls out of the deck, um, which that's another thing. If, mm-hmm. if a card falls out while you're shuffling, most people will tell you that that card fell out for a reason. And you should read it because it's, it wants, it's telling you something you should read it. Yes. I had a card once show up face up in my deck. I had like just grabbed the cards to, um, to shuffle them. And I don't know exactly how I picked up the deck or whatever, but all of a sudden I looked and there's a card face up in my deck. And I actually don't even remember what one it was. Um, I'd have to go back and, and check, but I was just like, oh, okay. So you are speaking to me now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yep. And that's actually, yeah, oh, but, go ahead. I was saying, but back to reversals, like it's really whatever you want. There are, you know, full blown, highly acclaimed um, readers who just don't do reverse reversals. It's really just whatever you th- resonate with and whatever you think is best. Yeah. Um, so going back to, cards falling out of the deck um, or even reading reversals, interpreting the cards. Um, And Katie, what you had mentioned earlier about telling a, you know, a a girl, I don't really want to have to do a therapy session with you right now. Um, Tarot doesn't always tell you what you want to hear. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it tells you what you already know that you have been avoiding. Um, Mm -hmm. so sometimes, and a lot of times, I mean, Katie and I, you and I both do this, we'll pull cards and we'll be like, fuck, I know I was hoping for a different answer. Yeah. It's like, I already know I am in the nine of swords. Thank you very much. Stop telling me this. The nine of swords is my stalker card. I thought I got rid of it and then I pulled it for today. No, when I was starting my EMDR, because I associate the Nine of Swords with like anxiety and depression and all that. And then um, a lot of the trauma that I'm dealing with is based on my childhood, which is usually associated with like the Six of Cups. So I kept on pulling those two cards together, like to be like, yes, I know I am dealing with trauma based in my childhood. I freaking know this already. You can stop showing up in my readings every damn day. Yes. So so you're going to get cards... Uh, like sometimes you'll get loud cards. And I, again, I use the term stalker card, um, which you may hear. And some people say, Oh, that's, that's not true. And, and stalker cards aren't necessarily bad. Um, it just may, may mean that you're not listening um, to what your what the cards or your guides are trying to tell you. Um, so again, if you get a reading that you hate, or if you give a reading to someone that they hate, um, if you're at that stage where you're reading for other people, it doesn't necessarily mean the reading's wrong or that you're bad at this. It could just mean that you need to start listening to the cards. Um, mm-hmm. There's a super cute meme and it's like Oracle versus tarot. And I don't read Oracle cards. Um, but like the Oracle thing is, you know, like some light, fluffy, like happy thing. And then the tarot is uh, the Whoopi Goldberg. You in danger, girl. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, mm-hmm. yes, thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, because that's the thing with the tarot. Like, it's so complex and there are so many nuances to it that it can really tell you, like, bitch, you need to get your head out of your ass and start doing work on this or else, like, you are going to be in for all kinds of fitness. And it's it has the capacity for really tough love. And that's the thing you have to keep in mind that the tarot isn't ever going to come from a place of malice or to purposely hurt you. It's trying to help you. And you just need to understand that sometimes it's going to give you a little tough love and you're going to have to, you know, take it and figure out how to work with it. Yes. Um, And so another thing related to that, um, especially if you're working on your, you know, your psychic ability or anything like that, reading tarot for me when I started was exhausting. It took so much energy um, to read that daily polls um, sometimes weren't even an option because again, I, I've really been trying to increase my, my psychic ability and, you know, my intuition and things like that. But sometimes tapping into that just took everything out of me. So if that happens to you, don't feel bad. That it just means that you're putting forth a lot of energy into it. And that's good. The more energy you put out, the more you're going to get back. Um, but keep that in mind as well. If you think like, Oh yeah, let me go ahead. And I'm just going to pull, you know, the Celtic cross for my friend, no big deal. That might be a bigger deal than you realize. Yeah. Or like, my sister pull asked me to pull some cards to be like, is my boyfriend the one? And I was like, I don't want to answer this question for you. Yeah. Cause yeah. And again, I mean, if you're pulling for yourself or for someone else, it can also be, you know, a therapy session. You might get an answer that you didn't want um, or that maybe you didn't expect. And that can be, uh, you know, maybe triggering, you, you might, it might cause you some, you know, anxiety or, or something. So keep that in mind, take care of yourselves. We don't want you to, to start pulling tarot and, and freaking out if you pull the tower and the three of swords and the nine of swords all at once. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which there are some cards that are typically associated with being negative. Um, and, you know, you have to realize that those cards do also like, yeah, it's, funny to bitch about them but those cards do actually have a lot of deep learning like the the tower the tower is about shedding like dramatically and suddenly shedding things but it's about shedding things that no longer serve you and that you shouldn't have in your life anymore that tower was precarious because it was not built well that's why it's falling down so it's kind of about getting rid of things that you shouldn't have in your life anymore and it might suck because we as humans like to be comfortable and we hate change and new things like that card is about change and getting like kind of, you know, Marie Kondoing your life a bit. And the more that you understand that these quote unquote negative cards do have deep meaning and lessons that you can take away from them, the better off you'll be. And you just have to try to find those instead of freaking out when you see the cards. That is such a Lindsay Mack answer. (laughs) Yeah. I know it is, but I, I don't think I quoted her. Verbatim. No, no, I'm not at all. I'm just, uh, Katie has a much, so again, we've, we've talked about Lindsay Mack before. Um, we think she's phenomenal. Katie's been listening to her podcast a lot longer than I have, but 
that school of, of tarot reading is much more like healing and healing from trauma. Um, and so those interpretations, I feel like because they come from a little bit different place, they just they have a different interpretation and so we're again a lot of like when I see the tower I'm like fuck whereas I feel like Katie you because you know you've been so heavily influenced by Lindsay Mack and that's not a negative thing at all um Mm -hmm. but you always have like like a bright side of things I'm like oh well let's look at the positive side of of I'm trying I do also go fuck but I'm also like okay this is probably happening for a reason you have done some stupid things in the past that have got you to this point. Maybe it's a good thing that these things are going away. So it's kind of, there is still that fuck moment, but it's just kind of like, you can't let that ruin your life. And also miss like you were saying, Lindsay Mack does specifically have a trauma in the tarot course. Um, I believe that she, it's only $44. It's an evergreen program with her. I know that's a lot of money for some people. Um, I would be sharing that, like all the information from that lesson on the podcast, except she like makes you sign this waiver before you take it saying, I will never ever share this information with anybody. Um, But it is, it has helped me exponentially as someone who does have PTSD and anxiety and depression. Um, And it's kind of a way of looking at the tarot from a a more holistic point of view and also using as a tarot the tarot as a tool to help you work through your PTSD yeah um so oh yeah go ahead oh yeah so it is a little pricey she does offer it like you can do pay for it in two payments of $22 each if that's more affordable for you but yeah it's uh I would definitely recommend it yeah personally um and again we've talked about tarot um you know, as a divination tool. Um, but again, the way, you know, how pulling a card and saying, what's, you know, the lesson for today or tomorrow? Um, what's my week ahead look like? That kind of thing. But tarot is also really useful. And I think Katie, you and I both use it this way um, as a kind of a form of therapy to check in with yourself and check in with your soul and your spirit and how you're doing and how your guides, you know, how how they're taking care of you and, and what they want you to know about the best mm-hmm. path for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I mean, it can be a divinatory tool. I personally like see it halfway as a divinatory tool. Like sometimes it just wants to tell you what's happening right now, but the other times if you focus your intention, it can be very useful for seeing into um, what might happen. I've heard that it's actually more effective. Like it can't really go further than six months into the future, but, and it's most effective within like the next three months. Um, but I don't know. I did a, I did this weird poll on the spring equinox. Cause it was like the, um, the astrological new year. And I did like a card for each moon for the upcoming year and all of those cards have been shockingly appropriate and we're way past the six month mark here uh there so I don't know I really just think it depends on the individual situation and but then there's also some readers like Lindsay Mack does not believe that the tarot is for reading the future at all she thinks it's just for reading the moment that you're in at the moment you pull the cards so yeah so um Again, we've given you a lot of information about tarot. We really thought we were going to do one episode. And then halfway through recording, we were like, oh, we still have a lot to talk about. So maybe we should break it up. So one thing I 
I want to talk about, um, so in the last episode, we talked about choosing your deck. Um, in this episode, we talked about um, how, how to read the deck. But when you get a new deck, one thing I like to do with it is to sit and meditate kind of on each individual card. And so I would set out, you know, an hour, at least an hour to do this, but to really just go through your new deck and kind of maybe even charge it with your own energy. So, so look at the card. How do you feel about the card? How does the card feel about you? And again, that's when I get a new deck, that's what I like to do is to explore every individual card. I don't like to have a surprise. I don't want to do a reading and come across a card for the first time, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so I already want to have a personal yeah. connection to that card. Um, and then again, you know, we started the year by talking about the moon and charging things under the moon. If you get a new tarot deck, I don't think it's a bad idea to charge that puppy under, under a, new, a full moon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I do the same, I don't do the charging, but I do the same thing where I like go through a deck, but I think I do it less from a mindful spiritual place like you do. I do it more from a, ooh, shiny new thing. <laughs> I want to look at all of them. Um, but I don't know. There are also ways, um, like the fountain deck, especially when I bought it, its energy didn't really like, I, I just didn't really resonate with it. So I like put it underneath my bed for I think like a week or a moon cycle or something like that and because of that um I like the it charged it more with my energy or um I usually I have this big chun chunk of uh, citrine which is a self-cleansing crystal and um when I lived in an apartment with a bunch of people and you know a, not a bunch of people, but like with a bunch of different energies mingling, my apartment was like right next to the laundry room. So everybody's energy would be in that spot of my home. Um, so like the citrine kind of like kept my energy concentrated for the, um, for the deck I was working with. So there are other ways to do it. Other people say that you need to like wrap your deck in a silk scarf and all this stuff. I think that as long as you show it respect and maybe make sure its energy doesn't get tainted. I think you're okay. Yeah. But, and I mean, it's not yeah. a bad idea if, you know, certain crystals, um, especially self-cleansing crystals um, to maybe keep the deck with a crystal or I like to pass, I have a selenite wand that I pass over the cards um, before a reading. So, I mean, that's also an option if you have crystals like that um, to, you know, either maybe cleanse the crystal that that's what I, um, so I like to cleanse the crystals of any, energy from a previous reading or any negative energy that might be in the area um, before I read. So that's, um, you know, just a little extra information we wanted to give you before we send you out reading tarot, even though I don't know if any of you have like really never read tarot, never had a deck coming to this episode, but if that's the case, hi, welcome. Um, definitely listen to some other podcasts and check out some other stuff before you do it. But here's, you know, kind of a, a starting out point for you. Yep. All right. And I am very, very tired. Yes. We started this when it was not so late and now it is very late where I am. And I am like sitting on my bed, falling asleep, talking to you. So I think it is time to leave. Yes. So we talked about tarot in the, the time I said we were only going to do one episode about tarot. And in fact, it was two long episodes. So, and there's still so much more that we could talk about, but again, where this is a starting mm -hmm. out point, 
Um, if you had any questions, comments, concerns, if you absolutely hated this episode and you wanted to let us know, um, shut your mouth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can um, contact us. You can email us at babywitchpod at gmail.com or you can get us on Instagram or Twitter at babywitchpod. Yep. And it's been lovely talking with you all and we will see you on the next Magical Monday. All right. Bye.